behold a pale horse. The man who sat on him was dead, and hell followed with him. You're killing me, man. Welcome to Declarations of War, Eve's longest-running podcast, episode number 270. I am your host, Noir CEO Alexei Vkar, joined by my faithful co-host, Noir FC Levitain. Good night, good night, good night. And former Noir director and newly minted CEO of Collusion, Dot Zero Cool. Hello, hello. And we are together where we discuss Eve PvP and politics with a mercenary perspective, and we have a very special guest for this episode Alliance leader for the legendary EVE Alliance, We Form Volta, Starfleet Commander. Hello, thanks for having me on. So awesome to have you. Just a quick reminder, at the top of the show, Noir is recruiting, Network is recruiting. We've just picked up a new member corporation. We'll be talking about it on the next show, but very excited about that. And things are looking bright for 2024. So if you're thinking about it, Join our in-game channel, Cafe Space Noir Dot, or check out the Discord that's linked on declarationsofwar.com. Email any of the hosts. There's a million and one ways to get a hold of us and get into the Noir community, but we'd be happy to have you. For our top story, Starfleet Commander, it has been long overdue to have you on the show, <laughs> sir. I'm very, very happy that you're here. That's all good, man. Thanks for the invitation, to be honest. Um, it's, I think, yeah, it's been... Well, I guess 270 episodes since I came on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, honestly, like for, for the audience, Starfleet Commander has been one of those guys who every once in a while, and I'm trying to think of new guests that we should have. I'm like, ah, man, Starfleet Commander would be a good one to get. But I never felt like I had the right time for it. Nothing quite lined up right. But with everything that happened last year, at the end of last year with B2, everything that's happening now with Turner... It's the perfect time to bring him on, and he's got a fantastic story. The Volta story in Eve is as varied as they come, really, from <laughs> from wormholes yeah. to null-sec superpower back to, to low-sec hood rats. It's a definitely uh, it's a roller coaster, and I've had the privilege of being CEO for most of it, not all of it. But we can definitely, I can definitely take everyone back a bit. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it as short as possible at the beginning because no one cares what happened to 10 years ago. I don't know about that. Um, I love to start guests off with just telling us how you got into Eve in the first place. Why'd you start and why'd you stay? Well, I actually, well, Starfleet Commander is my second account. I there's some trivia for people. Uh, it's actually, that wasn't my original account. Um, I actually started playing. Uh, in like late 2003 so just t- turning 2004 and I, I, was, I was very young okay I was like 10 guys <laughs> so I was a kid I was very young and I, I don't CCP know, I cover I, your ears <laughs> yeah don't, don't, <laughs> I was so young and I I, I signed up the game and I, I think I like played it I had no idea what was going on and what I was doing and I think I just only played it for a bit like on and off for like a year when I was a kid so I was just, I don't know I think I did some mining somewhere I actually genuinely can't remember what I did uh, and then it sort of, that sort of happened for like on and off and as I was in primary school <laughs> I just sort of would come home and just mine and I think I was in a, a frigate I don't know I don't know what I was doing I don't know I can't remember I just remember 
not liking the game actually it's quite funny and then i stopped playing actually i just thought oh, this is rubbish and then i went to school went to high school and then i watched star trek in the, in the cinema in 2009 and thus i came home and what was in my head when i made the bliss character was star trek so i called it starfleet commander which was a silly name at the time and i really i regret well i don't really regret it but i, I not now but at the time i thought what a silly name to call my main uh, but i stuck with it so 2009 i uh started and luckily i unlike the first time i played the game where when i was very young where like no one spoke to me and i had no idea like that you know whatever i think i've spoken local a few times but luckily this time around someone actually just immediately comboed me as soon as i undocked uh, in 2009 in the starter system and invited me to a wormhole c4 or something and uh, I did some terrible wormholing uh, for a couple of years, uh, definitely up until 2009, 2010. Uh, I joined the CFC for a bit. Uh, I was in TNT, big up, <laughs> for like a month. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, in, in my corp, actually, it was terrible. And I got, it's quite funny because it's a bit of a circle because a bunch of people killed me in Declan. You know, it's all about Declan. I just wanted Declan back, Alex. <laughs> i just wanted i wanted my space time no i'm joking um some of the people that's where the heart is yeah some of the people <laughs> that's what no one knows i just wanted to go back to where i was ratting like 10 years ago um no i uh I, it turns out i got killed by a bunch of people that would soon be in volta i'd soon meet up again later on in a couple of years but uh, my, what what drove me actually in the, in the game because I hated PVE and I hated mining and you know uh, making ISK in the early days and obviously you had to subscribe back then right so it wasn't a free game and I didn't have enough money to to pay for the game in the actual you know uh, in game currency so I was paying CCP you know I can't remember how much it costs whatever I remember going to the store and buying the actual case you know like a hard case and then getting the code and you know and have eve time code or whatever and then i i just my my chase was pvp and i really wanted to pvp and i made a good friend in there in this alliance called uh, talico united which is a wormhole alliance and i was a good friend of mine raw jedi great name you know clearly me and him had a you know star wars background star trek still friends now he's in volta i know him irl he was off pvping I saw on a killboard like he was peeping all the time and I was in this other wormhole doing nothing. And so I asked, you know, can I just move into this wormhole that you're in and just start peeping? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I moved into this wormhole and I think I was in Narwhals Ain't My Duck at that point. Some other wormhole alliance, if anyone here knows that alliance. Yeah, I remember Narwhals. Yeah. So I was in that alliance for a bit. And there was one guy in the alliance called Captain Soap who was getting, who was doing all the PvP and he was flying with a corp called Aquila, which maybe some people know. And I was like, hmm, well, I want to PP. I don't want to do, I, just, I don't want to do like, you know, uh, what we used to do, like guarding wormholes or something. I can't remember what we used to do. So I eventually moved into their wormhole, which was called Banana Hammock. And through sort of starting to PP with not, uh, Captain Soap in his corp, and I joined his corp. It's the corp I, I was in before Volta, which is Abyssal Heavy Industries. I think I joined that f- like for a, a month or something through them i met everyone in volta in doing some i think at the time they were doing high sec war decking or something i can't remember and i joined not even by i basically got accepted because they thought i was an alt of someone in the court 
and like apparently I come hop on team seek and then so this is old Voltigard, like War God and shots super twin key, sixty nine darkness, a bunch of people that would don't play the game anymore. <laughs> they said like, wait a second, this is an actual person. <laughs> so they so they and they just said, you know what, let's just see leave him, see how he does. And for the first like six months I just PvP'd as much as possible. And you can see it on my kill board, it's like it goes from like ten kills to hundred and twenty kills to like 341 to 398 to 910 you know it just goes up and up and up and those first couple of months in volta we were i wasn't ceo obviously war uh, war god was ceo at the time dark darkness had just quit and we were living in in the north we were living in peel blind so it's all kind to the north <laughs> it's all <laughs> about the north we were living in peel blind and we were attacking the cfc and we were in an alliance called occupational hazard which I don't think anyone here does anyone know that alliance? Anyone heard of it? Maybe some people might know. Um, and it was it was a mercenary alliance, and it was it had a lot of this was before NC was a thing, and it had um, B2K in it was in it. If anyone remembers that corp, um, and uh, what's it called? Like uh, Trauma Ward and Mind Games, which is Buddhist Princesses Corp, uh, and a bunch of other people. Uh, Erasers, I think, was another corp, and I think a bunch of them went on to make to do NC dot. Uh, Muppet Factory was a corp. They went on to they joined NC or I can't remember. And after a couple of months, uh, definitely Occupational Hazard definitely um, was a rise and a fall within like a month or two. To start, you know, it definitely existed very shortly. Uh, we made the alliance uh, Verge Collapse with aquila and we moved into a c5 and we had our c5 and and aquila had their c5 and ours was called jobby and they had banana hammock and then we did a lot of wormhole pp uh between 2012 and um 2013 and that's when we won the alliance tournament that's the first alliance tournament that i did obviously i wasn't captain i was just a just a guy in it i was in the merlin in the finals big up still got it now and that really as well, that cemented as well, that year 2012 really cemented. And I felt so lucky to go from, you know, 2009 to 20, to, you know, two years and then winning the Alliance tournament, right? You know, yeah. what the fuck? Uh, I don't know, can you swear on this show? I don't know. Yes. You, okay. I was like, yeah. I was literally like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, and then getting, you know, loads of Atanas as prize because was, we didn't have enough people in our team. Um, So I went from, you know, uh, and the same for Jedi as well, a friend of mine. Um, both of us would just come from wormholes and then just, you know, propelled into like winning the last tournament or whatever. And then that also solid, 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 solidified my like esports sort of career in this game. Like, as in, like, I really enjoyed the last tournament. Uh, the, that that is so, you know, the adrenaline and the shakes, you know, which, which even now doesn't really happen much but in the tournaments it always comes you know everyone has those and even online i feel like every player has those moments where you're like you know you're like jesus fuck like oh my god like you know it's great you know you're also scared but you're also like you know having a great time and yeah are you guys uh putting up a team for the anger games this year um we're not and i can get into i can get into that later on but like you know we can we can get there we're not but i can explain why uh the alliance tournament that's a different question we can have well, that yeah, um, so after a, doing a bit of wormholes with Verge collapse and uh with aquila 
which was good fun. There's a lot of good C5, you know, the old Tech 3s, and we're doing a lot of outnumbered. Well, actually, we were already doing, this is quite funny thinking about it, we were treating our wormhole as Thera, and we were never really fighting uh, other wormhole groups like K162 or Kill It With Fire or Hard Knocks at the, at the time. We were never really, there was, there was the odd battle that we went to, but we were really focusing on NullSec and actually just using Tech 3s and NullSec. I don't think if any, if any listeners might have heard of us and... You know, FCOM were banned from fighting us, actually, at one point. That's quite funny. But yeah, after a while, uh, I think the topic of Triumvirate came up. And Volta's history, the people that made Volta were X-Tri. So they were the ones that formed Triumvirate, the actual alliance that is still going now, but run by a completely not, you know, a new set of people that, that have nothing to do with, you know, the old us lot. And we, we brought back Tri in 2013. Uh, just when I was going to uni, I think, and we did a bunch of campaigns for a couple of years, and we were working with Solarfeet at one point. We invaded the drone lands uh, towards the end, and that killed the alliance. Uh, at the end, we then split off Volta, and we gave the alliance. Well, I didn't give the alliance at this time. I still not CEO at this point, by the way. So I, I'm not CEO until the end of Try. That's a good indicator on Volta's history when I became CEO. So like after Try sort of and we we're fighting Nai Secunda and I remember both alliances died because of the war that we were in against each other which was just horrible and just very just terrible time zone, you know, and it was just awful. Yeah, and then we then we moved to Thera, Thera came out. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna speed this up. Anyway, we had Thera and then we did we did Reform Volta and then we did Skew Yourself and then uh with Skew Yourself obviously we didn't form Skew Yourself but we joined their alliance for a bit and we came back and then we did V two. Uh, uh, it's always the backwards and forward of Volta and then eventually we went to Nullsec and did a huge coalition uh, with me at leading it with Jinx uh, which was massive I think people were you know big war and a massive coalition and before we get to the B2 era though (laughs) I want to just touch on because I think as me the podcast host looking at the political landscape of EVE I think Volta in one of its iterations uh, either just I think pre-Skill Yourself, kind of became known as the group that would go outside of its wormhole to fight and crush the Nullsec groups. And at some point, a decision was made to go, you know what, instead of just out-escalating them and and beating them in these one-off fights, let's just invade and take a region. Yeah, I would I love mean, to know that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, we did it before with Skew Yourself in the drone lands, right? So we, we actually evicted drone Russians, right? And then we took we took Owasa and the from Volta, and then we rented it for a bit, and then we left because we got bored, and there was too many blues. But the second time round, which was the, the, the one that happened last year, genuinely, and this is like the reason why like I kind of wanted to do it, is I wanted to make... I just saw the game as a very polarized game, and I just I wanted to make another alliance and in the, somewhere in the game that we could, you know, we could we could kick out some other people and then we could build an alliance from the ground up, like a traditional Nullsec alliance, which was we form blob, you know, eventually hand over the reins and leadership to them and then we just leave. We, you know, we created a bit more of interest into the game. Obviously, like, things happened and, and wars happened and invasions happened. And genuinely, like, when, when Brave wanted to come, when I spoke to Dunk, you know, fraternity said, oh, they just want to shoot you, they just want to execute you, or, you know, they want to just farm you. And at the beginning, like, yeah, like, obviously, who doesn't want Brave living next to them? Good PP, good, you know, they'll, you know, Blob is new, Brave is new friendly. So it's kind of like a good match, you know, to do, like, fun content. But, but then it sort of made a good ally as well. And we got really close with them 
in the war uh, against the defensive war as <laughs> everyone uh, against Winsco. And I saw, you know, Norris, when he invaded, I think he miscalculated uh, me and thought that we'd capitulate immediately. Obviously, we dragged it out for two years. I saw I saw the war as a people call it like the time zone war. But I, I think it's just a war of, of, of a prevention, war of prevention to make NullSec just more polarized you know which we can i guess we can talk about like the current state later on but um and towards the end of the conflict obviously we had imperium support and initiative support but there was obviously some like for me personally it it was draining me irl and i i think i don't know who said somewhere on the other enemies team i don't know where else was said and i can't remember but someone was like you know we just need to break starfleet you know, as a person, you know, which is how it works in these wars. Like if the SDs don't have the, the mental to keep going or like the drive to keep defending, because it's quite a lot, uh, then you can break a, a group very easily. And towards the end, like myself and the Volta leadership were getting very drained. <laughs> is the word. What was the biggest drain on you guys? Was it the constant timers or was there another factor? I think obviously the constant timers were big and, and it was it was draining the whole SC team. From our perspective, uh, we're not an established coalition. We're not an established alliance. You know, we've, the blob has only been around around for less than a, a year when it all less than a year when it all kicked off. And we're such a young organisation that we had really young FCs and we had some really good FCs that were trying their best. But obviously, there's a limit to what they can take on. And obviously, it's a wider issue of the game that like you obviously you can just make timers without any. You know, you can spam timers against the enemy, which is fair and a mechanic. We were stuck in a situation where we couldn't even fight back properly. Because obviously China time zoned, you know, is what fraternities has their uh, citadel set in and their soft set in. That's okay. That is their time zone. Obviously, there was there's there's a different server for the for that time zone. But I'm I'm actually generally okay with having everyone on the server. But obviously, there's a wider issue of if it's just dominated by one group, then you have just a monopoly in that time zone, which is a problem that's sort of happening right now in the south. But yeah, I think a multitude of um, the the FCing the team being stretched and obviously a lot of reliance on me and a lot of pressure on me as well as a as a person because I'm just a person at the end of the day playing this game but there's a lot of pressure on me uh, to do things you know and I just it got, got got a lot yeah let's let's talk about the end game of the war there the final days there there must have been some kind of breaking point for you. And yeah, I think from the I, outside perspective, everything happened so fast. I don't know if it felt that way with you guys, but as we were covering it, it was like almost no news from the war for a month or two, and then everything happened in a weekend, and it was over. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. It was very fast about how things were happening. Obviously, like there was lots of discussions between me and and Jinx about what to do. Obviously, um. The, the leaders knew that like I, I wasn't like I couldn't do it anymore like I couldn't be do this anymore and obviously my corp wasn't involved right it's just me leading everything and I but obviously I you know it's what happens when you run a bigger group like you feel like you have you know I was so appreciative of all the people that are in B2 and all the members and I told them all before everyone left that I appreciate everybody just sticking to it to the end with me and so you kind of feel like that sort of you want to keep going because everyone's you know they're still here and fighting and fighting and doing their best but for me it got to the point that i told the others to um it's, i'm not like <laughs> i'm like changing irl you know in a bad way and it's just I'm, I'm stressed and you know it got to me in that regard and 
some yeah some other things were going on as well and yeah it wasn't a good time as well so like that just wasn't compounding and then I kind of got to the real point of like you know I need to, this needs to stop I, otherwise I'm gonna like you know you know such a jinx like you know I think you should go to the south I think you should join Imperium and just have and, and, and have fun you know and and I'll get as many of the members from B2 to to fold into the Imperium uh, because I'm not gonna let them join Panfam or well I say that. I'm not gonna let them obviously some of them did and it's fine like I, we did tell them but i prefer that people joined in uh, imperium but yeah it was a i think it was just a i, I just hadn't had enough you know of of it uh it, it, and anyone that's been in like a you know when you have thousands of people that are like sort of pop you know here and and like, you feel responsible right so it's stressful and that's clearly the way things panned out, Brave did go south to join Imperium, and as you've noted, it is kind of makes even more of a bipolar world. You've got Panda Fam on the one side, Imperium on the other side, and a collection of smaller alliances that probably are going to get hoovered up over the course of the next couple months now that the Southeastern so. Agreement is gone, or going away, rather. So... What do you think of the larger strategic calculus involved? Uh, you know, Imperium had an opportunity. It could be argued to throw everything behind B2, keep the coalition propped up. They didn't go that route, but now a lot of B2 has moved mm. back and, and you know has joined their membership. But now uh, Noraus, who is the executor of Fraternity, basically has two, three more regions to uh, to rent out and farm for ISK. And they're probably going to pick up some regions in the southeast as well, uh, if not yeah. fraternity directly, then through uh, Pandemic Horde slash NC dot proxy. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, obviously I, I appreciate all the support that, that Imperium gave us, but from my perspective, I felt, obviously... Before the things happened with me, like Jinx was still much, very much like a person that could have... Uh, uh, I, I think go, we, we, for this discussion, we have to ignore the whole part, second half of 2023, and then we need to go all the way back to when we killed the three Keepstars uh, in the north, when Agoons came here first. I think they should just stayed and put the flag down, you know, and, and said that, you know, this is the line. Because obviously now we have an issue where the time zone tanking will only get worse and we're now seeing, you know, with Zarzak, which we can talk to in a minute, like it's just Zarzak, in my opinion, has just made the game a lot smaller and it's just connected the north and the south directly and it's, and the cloud ring. Like I would, um, I would, I would expect Fraternity, if you look at the influence map, uh, I would, you know, Fraternity now, like Norris is just in such a perfect position to, you know, literally uh, force project across even line. He can now take everything. To, I'm sorry, but anyone, any of the alliances that are in pure blind and cloudering, you're going to get steamrolled or you're going to be forced to join the Winterco because from Fraternity's perspective, he could just take cloudering because it comes from Venal. So it's very easy to just like hold that triangle. And then now he's force projecting down to catch along with um, Panfam and they're, they're already losing solve you know they've lost a bunch of iHubs. um i think norris is is a very clever he's very you know he's very patient i think you said that earlier on off off um before we started he's a very patient person and he will uh he's an expansionist 
just anyone that's an ally thinks you're allies of him or you have like cordial relations he's an expansionist and when he feels like he needs more space he will just attack and take it and i think i actually think there's no one in eve online that can stop fraternity now this is my i think this could be a hot hot take i don't think pan fam could do it even uh, like the anymore um i think they're, just, they're so strong in their time zone it's something we've, we've talked about um, on this yeah. podcast over the last, well, oh, 18 months, two years now. Fraternity's slow creep into a position of, you know, power, really. Um, and I wonder about this Zarzak stuff as well. But I, I'm just wondering about, okay, so, you know, B2, uh, B3, that all sort of dissipated end of last mm. year. Um, but if I remember rightly, there's two things. One, that Volta were already kind of living in Turner, right? Before the fall of the B3 stuff. And then yeah, the other thing, yeah. am I right in thinking that B3, B2 disappeared just before Zazak got released? Yes. Uh, we, uh, I moved the corp to, I, I'd already, you know, Volta is, my the guys in my corp are very like independent and very loyal. And I, you know, we love them all to bits. You know, they, they stick with me. Even even when I did a coalition for two years, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I kind of made it clear to them, like, you know, they didn't sign up for this. And I said, look, you guys can go to Turner, do stuff, you know, try not to shoot blues, <laughs> please. <laughs> it happened a few times, but um, yeah, we were, we were kind of already, they were already there. So like B2 finished and I made the full transition. We moved all our caps down into turner with the expectation that there was going to be some new expansion happening uh like in turner like you know we just sort of guessed that it was going to be somewhere around there or something something was going to be somewhere you know what i mean like when it was all the all the speculation everyone's mm. like oh it's definitely turner or somewhere like you know it's something's going to, it's going to gate somewhere so we, we kind of just moved there and if not then we thought who cares there's wormholes in turner anyway um but yeah, with, when I moved Volta back and I left B2, um, I it was bliss. I actually didn't have to. I left those discords. No one was, you know, I didn't have wake up to 90 messages a day. And that was kind of nice. And I took a bit of a break for a bit up until um, Christmas. And as in like, I wasn't really playing much, but I obviously re- reorganized the corporation and the alliance with, and obviously CapF joined us from WeFormBlob. Blob because uh, during that time I got really good friends with Achosha and you know we kind of together with him as well like we kind of uh, redone our standards in the corp and we kind of whipped everyone into shape a bit uh, in terms of like you know getting caps and getting which we'll come into in a minute when they all get filled and destroyed in the first week of January or whatever but um, yeah we kind of moved before that and then obviously there was some pre agreements and stuff there was eternal locals channel uh where it's like a kind of loose loose blue troll uh for the turner people uh that's like big ab wrote and the the russian groups and uh broforce and some other people um obviously there was some other history with big ab and and volta which goes back to uh the north uh but i i didn't really note, pay, pay attention to like the turner local thing I, I just wanted to focus on my court right but we, uh, the plan was was that we we're just going to move to Turner and just sort of do casual content and uh, and do some timers, yeah, kind of like a snuff 
vibe you know and do some cap capital content here and there and and there already was some cool fights going on so we just wanted to you know get involved so then zazak happens right i mean that came as a bit of a surprise then should we should we look at how maybe zazak affected turner and maybe the the ecosystem that was going on down there so well, for anyone who's yeah, not a explicitly aware Turner is one of Zarzak's direct gates, but it's the of the systems that Zarzak connects to, it's unique in that it already had those wormhole connections. Mm. So I imagine the impact on it is also maybe well was it more dramatic than than some of the other systems? Because say Al Savoynin, for instance, you barely know Zarzak was there two weeks after <laughs> Yeah. Uh, definitely Turner was obviously like we, you know, the priority with Volta when I, when we left the North and I left everything, you know, it was like just content, the most, the most content possible for us. And, you know, we were, I was thinking like, okay, maybe they're going to bring in a gate or a constellation or something like kind of like Pochman again. And maybe, cause I remember there was like, there was hints at an, a faction warfare thing wasn't there before or something. I, I remember there was. There was hinting at like uh, I can't remember if there, if there was. I, I'm getting a bit blurred now, but I remember yeah. thinking like it was the whole deathless thing that the had deathless been resolved. thing or something. Yeah, that was it. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll have to like sign up to the deathless to like use the gate. So I like sort of was preparing the corp. Like, okay, we might be signing up to this like faction or something to use the gates or something, and you know we're going fully into it. And we did. We did the. We did the. We were in the scope videos because we were like, you know, supporting the deathless cult before it, just in the hope that we'll get some some positive standings, but that never happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously, like with those gates, it just, you know, the activity in, in Turner, you know, is like, I mean, even now in Turner, there's 103 people in local. Like, you know, there's a lot of people in local and it, obviously the traffic increased, you know, so much because uh, you can go from the north to the south and you can go from cloud ring to the south and also turner is close to provi as well so it kind of very much linking everything up together so that the the amount of people that were moving to and from uh was definitely increased and the wormholes then i imagine that um, oh yeah co- and the wormholes yeah like, so the locals then did they must have had some sort of coordination around like yeah it- like originally there was a there was a turner local channel where it was like kind of an unofficial rule to like not roll wormholes or something and and don't shoot on don't fight each other in turner um like you know uh, the groups even though we're not blue um and i guess it worked for a while and i didn't really i was i really wasn't paying attention to it like i'd you know this these things never really crossed my dms personally it was it was um another member in volta and opro was um uh had crafted those relationships before me kind to you know move everything down there and obviously then some there was some uh incidents that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, uh which we dealt with internally uh and they didn't uh, the uh, the big ab uh, uh have done some narrative but you know i can't here to say you know we dealt with it internally and we showed them but it didn't seem to matter um they you know they continued to attack us which is fine you know if you want to if you want to shoot somebody in the game you don't need a reason you know, you could just shoot someone. And what followed were some of the best fights I've had in a year. You know, the Dread fights was amazing. And I got to, you know, also show, show everyone that we're not dead. 
um, you know, and we had lots of cats and everyone had a great time. And the second time uh, initiative came and blobbed us uh, with, with hurricanes in our cat were in our carriers. And uh, then the third time initiative killed it with some t- Tempest fleet issues. Um, but, you know, we're living in a station right now and um, uh, which, you know, which is fine. We've done it. We did it in Pharaoh and we've done it in Olsoak before. So it's just no big deal. Uh, we're still going to continue pooping. You know, we're going to do stuff and we'll probably, maybe we'll put a fort down. Maybe we won't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, just to touch on that first big fight, right? Because I, I noticed that <clears throat> the other side, they fielded uh, eventually, I think, Titans, right? And Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, your side didn't escalate beyond dreads, really, right? So how did you manage to come out kind of on top, winning the objective, you know, kind of, even though they were sort of bringing the bigger guns? Well, that fight was very interesting because, and I truly believe that, both sides okay well i didn't okay i'm assuming that they didn't and uh, maybe uh, i don't know but i didn't bat for anybody and i made this a very important point uh, to, to everybody in volsa and the sc team is like i'm not bat phoning blocks or anyone the only people that i'll talk to will be like some small groups that we have friends with you know uh, just token friends here and there like you know 30 people that will come and help us not get a fucking hack fleet to come by so but obviously you can't stop people showing up you can't stop goons showing up you can't stop initiative showing up you can't stop you know fractal showing up whatever and so the first fight was kind of nice because the main big fleets were big ab and and volta so tfis and tfis and everyone else that turned up was in like nados or you know we had we had sort of fraternity and horde that were like obviously uh against us and same with initiative which kind of surprised us at the time but not not specifically against us i mean they're like you know, we'll shoot them on grid if they're on grid, but if they're not on grid, we'll probably just start shooting whoever. And obviously, Goonswarm turned up with some t- t- tornadoes and were, like, sort of leaning on our side, you know, kind of the same vibe. But the reason why we won, I think, is in that terms of that, you know, obviously the, um, uh, I think the, the yeah, the armor pe- retirement repaired, but we killed a Titan of theirs, which jumped in, a rag, it bumped. It bumped and it bumped towards our the Zenitra group at the top, so it was it was actually moving towards <laughs> our Zenitra, which is obviously a bad thing. So I think <laughs> killing the Zenitra, killing sorry, killing the Ragnarok was good, and I think that we I think we dropped our dreads in a better better formation and we had better target calling from what I see from the the sort of timeline. And not not to knock Big Ab or anything. I mean they filled, filled a lot of dreads and they were confident enough to fold supers. Uh, because they were losing, that's why they flooded them. Just so anyone's you, you drop supers into you know for two reasons to end the fight, um, because you're like overwhelmingly winning, or to save the fight if you're starting to lose. And you, you know, but it's a very interesting thing because they have to be confident that the blocks won't get here in time to like you know tackle things. Um, but we were we were out trading, uh, because snuff dropped as well. Uh, some dreads out of nowhere uh, and they were shooting Zenitras and then we sort of shot them we killed one of their Zenitras and they were shooting a Big Ab Zenitras and it was a bit of a chaotic thing but I think uh, Big Ab were just like oh damn it we need to drop supers and they got a bunch so you know why not use them but they lost their rag and that's probably that's what pushed the BR on our side yeah that that was definitely the tipping point if you take the rag isk out of that they would come out on top but that's the way the cookie crumbles it seemed to be a bit of a strange shield super in a in a midst of armor supers. <laughs> it, yeah, I think it, he was getting reps and stuff, but it, it just wasn't. It like we, we were breaking them, we were breaking them. And then, the, and then in the second fight, um, uh, initiative turned up in hurricanes, 
one we switched to you know it was kind of a shame because we had such an even numbers because you know bearing in mind everyone that big ab are twice the size as as we from volta as as an alliance you know we from volta is 600 and 71 members and, and big ab is 1000 what 300 or something you know they're, they're way bigger than us so we were expecting like a kind of an even fight and it wasn't even fight at, you know they had the even numbers but they brought like 200 hurricanes from initiative um to, and then we, we we sort of lost a couple of carriers and some faxes and uh and then obviously the third time uh, initiative brought like a full tempest fleet issue fleet um to kill the fort which i thought was kind of sad to be honest because i was you know we were ready to use to do another brawl you know but it was obviously clear that they just wanted to kill the fort um because they didn't want to have a fight i, I guess um but that's you know it's okay you know did you guys but, not have a counter for tfis um we don't have a counter to 250, 250 man fleet. In the, counter, the, the counter to that is another two hundred man fleet. <laughs> yeah, right. Gotcha. And I would, I should know that because I fought a war with them. <laughs> like you know, it's 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 one of those situations where like you know, I don't want to go down the. Yeah, I could have asked Goons to show up or P Horde and pro. Well, P Horde probably tell me to fuck off and so much frat. So like um. They, it's probably kind of a good call from them to get initiative involved because they're like obviously not part of the Imperium anymore. So, and they and truly are. I know everyone's complaining about the coalition map that I have. Um, just so everyone's aware, the coalition map is I don't change the names. People tell me to change the names. So all the names on there are being have been people have told me the leaders to change the name. Shock horror. Okay, uh, I'm not spinning some narrative here. Um, I'm just saying how how it is. Um, I could, you know, if I really wanted to, I could just change all the names to a big fuck you, <laughs> like, you know, everything, all the, you know, um, but I'm not, obviously I want to, you know, I, I say that people can message me, like, you know, I get, uh, the Red Menace Coalition leaders and I always make sure that, you know, if, uh, like, for example, out of the blue message me, they want to join some coalition, I get the other leader to confirm, you know, so for Panda Fam, you know, that name was agreed. Okay. <laughs> Not not by me, but you know, uh, and I actually was late putting. I actually forgot about it for months, and then I put it up because I forgot that I had the, that conversation, which was last April, I think. That was when that, like, during just before when they properly got involved, Pam Fam, and uh, yeah. So I I, I think um, yeah, I couldn't really fight two hundred and fifty tempest issues, and uh, I think we only had like seventy tempests, and they had a hundred and fifty or something, and I was like, well, this is not even. It's not gonna be a fight, you know. Well, what's next for you guys? Uh, are Whoa. you planning on just being in Turner indefinitely, or is there talk of moving or wormholes ever? No, definitely not. Like, picture you know, for you? it's kind of nice that the forts died, and you know, because you know, we we can still live in a you know the the, the beauty of Losec is that you can live in a station, uh, and still do things and and pvp and stuff which is what everyone's doing and still run fleets and go to timers and 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 cause some havoc so you know it's kind of released like you know we'll you know maybe put a fort down for some timers and stuff for some for some fights you know um but it just means that you know we can just keep reinforcing stuff or you know die trying to reinforce things because i'm terrible at this game um, I literally am rubbish at, at this game. I've realised I'm so out of it. <laughs> like I, I didn't realise that Zarzak you spawn like 100k from each other, and I lost like a bunch of legions because of my incompetence. Um, but yeah, I, you know the guys are happy. There's no blues. 
you know, we can we can PvP. We're harassing initiative. To, to be fair, I'll be honest in this, here. Like my members just really hate initiative at the moment, <laughs> so, and I can't <laughs> stop them. <laughs> so, um, you know, because of the kill, and so they're just harassing them all the time. But um, you know, it's just about having PvP, keeping the PvP going. That's the most important thing. On the subject of being terrible at the game, um, didn't you once win like a years long tournament uh, and emerge as the the best PvP Eve player. Did I win a tw- the best EVP? Oh, are you talking about <laughs> FanFest? Yeah, the one where... Oh, like, right. Some... I was just like, shit, did I win a fucking... Uh, <laughs> like, I was like, which one? I don't know. I was like, well, fuck it, I don't have a trophy. Um, yeah, it was a global, the global finals. Um, global, global, global FanFest finals? Yeah. Yeah, so me and Annie are the best players in EVE Online by default. Because well, actually, no, Annie carried me to be honest. So Annie's the best player, and even line, and then I'm close second. Um, yeah, that was honestly, and you know, that was definitely. We can touch about that quickly. I know, I don't know how much time we have got left, but um, you know, it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had in my life. Was was playing on a stage in Iceland and and playing even line on the stage and getting some cool prizes, got some graphics card and keyboards and things, and uh, that was good fun. And just to briefly touch the Alliance tournament and AG. Um, you know, for the AG, like we thought about it, and you know, I think some of the guys were like, you know, wanted a bit of a break and kind of wanted to play even line, you know, TQ a bit, and which is good, you know, because it's a lot of it takes a toll doing an arts tournament. And I want to do some commentating as well, so I'll be commentating for the AG. Oh, uh, yeah, that's an exclusive here. Congratulations. Um, uh, well, I'm in the well, I'm in the staff channels, so I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're going to drop me. Um, but for the Alliance tournament, um, you know, we'll see what the rules. We'll see what the rules happen this year. It's all about the rules. You know, after doing the Alliance tournament for twelve years, you know, I've done it for twelve years now. Tournaments for twelve years. Uh, one, uh, uh, twice, I think. No, one once. Came second twice. The third. Yeah, third once, and then won the. Yeah. Including the Alliance tournament, including all tournaments like the New Eden Open, uh, the Alliance tournament, the AG, uh, the Syndicate Competitive League, which I don't think anyone remembers, and uh, the uh, Global Finals and the uh, the Worldwide Invasion Tour, which is what we won originally in 2019, me and Annie Garden in London at the A2. And, um, you know, done a lot of tournaments and won a lot of ships and... Uh, but the but the pinnacle was on the stage, you know that was incredible and stressful, but fun. You know you're you're in front of people, um. But I wouldn't count us as the best players in Eve Online. That's just in that tournament. <laughs> you know? That's just uh, something a, a journalist that was sat next to you on the plane wrote. Oh in my an god! Article, right? Oh yeah, that was in- interesting because um, it's a funny story about that. Um, I was in the I was on the same same plane as the uh, uh, two rows behind um the ceo what's his name uh i forgot his name you know the ceo of ccp anyway elmar elmar yeah he was two front two rows in front and i was sat next to two press (laughs) people one from the mmo games thing and one from uh this other i can't remember uh some other some other thing and he moved seats because the plane was kind of empty, so he like moved, and so there's a gap between us, me and this guy, and we started talking. And uh, bless him, um, I read the article. Um, yeah, I think something has got lost in translation, 
but you know how it is when someone when you, you talk to someone that doesn't play online and you say buzzwords and they just like hone in on that and I, I did say in, in the actual I mean it's like you know I won I'm, I'm the winner of that the global I think I think when the name in the tournament says global you know finals it sort of elevates it a bit when it's not really <laughs> so I just won the tournament that we were meant to do two years ago you know um yeah that was definitely an interesting thing but uh he was a really nice guy actually but I I can't bear to read that article it's mate, it's too cringe for me <laughs> It's about me. It's you know, I don't like reading it about me. But um yeah, definitely uh if anyone has an opportunity to, you know, play on the st- the, the tournament stage try and do it. Oh, that'd be nice someday. Closest I ever got was uh E Vegas. I played the um the E V R game. Oh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah. it was on Chester's team. And we, we were on the stage doing some stuff. That that was great. Oh we God, won Chester. the one match and I wasn't able to get to the follow-up. I met Chester. Do you know the trailer that he was in? Yeah. I like help I worked in that trailer, those trailers. Oh brilliant. <laughs> uh yeah, and I met him in London. Uh, he's a great Dutch dude. Company. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, he's a cool guy. And uh he was it was him and the girl that exploit explorer girl. I can't remember. I don't know. There's like you know, I think it's like these, the trailers of like the players and have the ships behind them or something. Oh, signal cartel, you're talking about? I think maybe see, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. I, I think he or he disappeared. But um, anyway, <laughs> he just vanished. But uh, he, oh, he won. He won Eve. That's what happened. Well, speaking of winning Eve, we've got some interesting tidbits, I guess, for Eve's most competitive area arguably uh lave why don't you introduce the next big story for us so this came from the dev blog that was released on the website uh by ctp burger and ctp retati the game basically creative director and game directors respectively about the 2024 kind of director's letter which is a bit of a roadmap bit of a preview of where they're heading over the next year or so and in terms of content stuff you know a lot of stuff there is, you know, I think, could be easily predicted. The Alliance tournament is always a great kind of uh, point. There is, you know, there's always a good amount of uh, in-game stuff. A couple of interesting bits, and we'll touch on those now. You know, they commented about the future of warfare, which is apparently going to drop sometime before the summer expansion, with new technology and resources to customize Nullsec. So. There's a little bit of roll eyes for me here because I'm a low sec dweller and the no blocks are getting yet more stuff. But on the flip side with my, my hat off, looking at some possibly in more kind of resource development for the denizens of low sec. Uh, sorry, of no sec, excuse me. And the value of owning and defending space is set to rise. So I'd be very interested to see how this pans out. Well, you say getting more stuff. They haven't really gotten much in quite some time. I'm still sore about the roll call right? when that thing first hit and just the effect that it had on the market. But yeah, scarcity has been several years in now and prices are much different to where they were uh, several uh, you know, years ago. I remember back in the days when you could do battleships for 200 to 300 million um, all in. Nowadays, they're a little bit more expensive. 
Yeah, you're looking at about 500 a battleship. I do wonder, it's not explicitly said anywhere in here, so you know the answer is probably going to be no. But null sec combat is typically also very close to capital combat. Could we get a carrier rework this year? I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. Yep. I, I I wonder how much that will happen. I mean, I, I think we're going touching back on Starfleet's comments there about his carriers getting sicked on by hundreds of hurricanes, but then hundreds of hurricanes will sick on the vast majority of things in EVE. So they've made alluded to the idea that maybe even if you own a little bit of space for a short amount of time, like you do a hit and run kind of thing, that that could you, know, you could extract value from that as a small group. And, yeah, um, the exact quote is, small opportunists can attack vulnerable areas to gain resources. With no further detail there, but it could mean uh, sort of ESS style come in and, and raid, or Zero, as you just laid out, maybe it is temporarily taking space, kind of a, I don't know what the equivalent would be. I've always thought that the ESS stuff is a good way of um, encouraging people to have better coverage of, of the space they own, right? So I've often said, you know, if you're going to increase the value of loot drops or, or you know, loot uh, or ISK generation in part of NullSec, why not put that extra revenue into something like an ESS mechanic where somebody could come and steal it if you fail to defend it, rather than sort of taking away what they've already got, just sort of increase the opportunity they have to make money and cap that opportunity off by saying, well, you're going to have to defend it, though, right? If you if you use these new opportunities to generate something, you're going to also have to have a PvP-style presence at the same time or around that time. I think the ESS model was quite good in that it was a nice blend of carrot and stick. You had the ESS as a stealable thing, but the mechanic that they put in for making it stealable was that if you didn't, get stolen, it, it offered a ton of benefit, way more than before. And I think you saw it immediately drive a lot more value into the ESS, which made it more attractive for attackers and more imperative for defenders. I think that's kind of the model there. You, whatever these objectives are that they're going to be adding in, they have to be big enough, and not necessarily big, but they have to be important enough that the defenders really care about it. And it has to be lightweight enough that attackers feel fine actually attacking it instead of just roaming to the next system to try to catch the next Ishtar. It has to be attractive to go and get, mechanically accessible to those attackers to do it, and the defenders have to feel like they'll really miss out if they don't ping for a fleet and get some friends together to go take them on. I think one thing's for certain, and I think this ties in with a lot of what people have said about Nulso, projection might be possibly this this idea's greatest heel or kind of Achilles heel because a lot of people are, are quite concerned about just how easy it is for a block like fraternity to project across their space notwithstanding Zarzak and everything else the fact is that you can still drop onto even let's say a, a resource was in the kind of the corner of your empire it's still very easy to get from a to b with an overwhelming marauder blob i definitely agree I think uh, Nolsec just got smaller with Zarzak. You know, the last 
no, no, the, the game has never been smaller than it is right now. I think everyone would agree. Yep. In terms yep. of the ability for fraternity to project across the game, and so like initiative as well, and and not so much Pamfam, but yeah, to be honest, they can. They just need to go across to MTO, and then do a one Titan bridge, and they'll be in range of Zarzak, and then they can go to Kerr. So you can see it on the map now. They're taking Sov and Catch. But crucially, that... it's it's subcap projection, which I think is a new twist on this problem historically in Eve, where the projection question, aside from jump bridges, briefly, it was almost always about caps. Uh, well, jump bridges are still part massive part of the problem in this game. The jump bridges are, are so strong, being someone that's used them and it has been against people that has used them against us you know fraternity waged a war for us against us without even being next to us in the region there were two regions away and they could still wage a war like i think the prevalence of subcaps in this game is a fundamental issue that has happened the fact that no one sees any the only cap fights you see anymore in low sec or without the blocks when was the last big capital fight against between Imperium and, and Panfam or Frat. That wasn't just a someone them dunking someone else. Because they're so expensive, you know, and as ta- as someone that, you know, is spending money to get dreads and stuff, like they're so expensive and supers are mad expensive. Like you don't even want to put them on you don't want to field them on the grid. Would you rather field two hundred you know, use that money to just buy loads of subs and do the same thing, you know? Like I think that there is there was actually a fight today actually between Siege Green and, and Zerg, whatever. And it's that's why I think it's gonna be a shame to see the South group go. Cause, you know, there's been been some cool content down there. But with the Zarzak now, you know, there is no reason for them to exist because Fraternity can quite easily and Panfam control if you look at the map, everything from curse up and cloudering up. They can control easily, you know, from living just in the north, you know. You can just control it. It's crazy if you think about it, you know? And you can get to low sec really easily. I think projection in this game is is a huge issue that needs to be dealt with. And also, not I'm not just saying this as like, oh, yeah, we live in Turner and we wouldn't like abuse it. But there has to be some sort of trade-offs using Zarzak. You know, you have to either commit something as a group or you can only go one way. You know, for, for certainly you have a cooldown or something. So you can only go out once, you know? And come back some other way, a creative way to get back, um, or, or via a wormhole or something. But I just feel like right now it's just a highway. Uh, that's yeah, it's it's definitely made some PP content, but for the greater of the game and no second itself, it's definitely not good. Yeah, I'd have to agree that I think the projection is just uh, even this idea. Let's say even if you put a really nice, let's say, let's just, you know, spitball something up, one of those, you know, solar harvester type thing mechanics itself. Again, with the current way that null blocks tend to do things, if it's somewhere anywhere near Panfam, you're going to get dropped on very quickly. If not by a, you know, by a subcap blob, then someone is going to have caps in range of you very quickly itself. And it's just, uh, it's so easy just to drop an eye win button of Paladins and almost no attacking it it takes the small out of the attacking force you know you suddenly what's your smallest force that you can deal with a response of 50 paladins the answer is you don't have one unless it's not a small blob so i think i would hope that with this director that I, as if they plan on this i think they need to fundamentally look at the 
at the at the way that Nullsec itself can be made smaller. I think reducing the ways of projection, I think, has been something the community has been crying out for. And I think without that, this particular idea faces a, a really difficult uh, introduction and just, just getting it bedded in without projection being at some point fixed. Yeah, I mean, I think I basically agree. Like I, think, I think the game is so, like, if, if, a, if a coalition wants to do something in the old you know, years ago, they'd have to fully commit to, like, forward deploy everything to go somewhere. You don't even need to leave your home station anymore. You just form up there and then go via gate, via jump bridges to the cop fight. You don't even don't need to move. Like, obviously, PanFam are moving their caps and stuff because they've realised that, hey, we can just take catch from, from Goonswarm at this point, you know, and just push, push Imperium into the southeast, southwest, sorry, and then control the rest of the game because that's what's going to happen. You know, it's going to be just they'll be squashed down into their corner. Uh, I think they just need to make the game a bit bigger and allow breathing room for like groups to have their own little conflicts and also not encourage. You can't stop people, but like make the alliances break down. It was a good first step that Initiative left Imperium diplomatically. I mean diplomatically, I mean that Initiative operate independently from Imperium. Yes, they are still friends, but they have their own. You know, they don't do you know follow the same the, the orders you know what i mean guys you know i mean they, they can do their own thing if they want to um yeah. but i think it's a good first step um even though they shot our fort damn it but you know that's part of it you know um i just think that the phoenix coalition in the northwest that's a good idea but you're living next to a group that will just are going to annex you within a month yeah that, that's a coalition <laughs> with a shelf life for sure it's a shelf life yeah <laughs> The other angle for the projection question, and I'd be remiss not to bring it up given what they lay out here in the future of warfare section is if you can't, if you're unwilling to take away the game's mobility and make it more difficult for people to get from A to B, come at it from the other angle and give people more to do locally. It could be these small objectives make it so that vast empires like Fraternity and Pandemic Horde have to spend so much time tending their own gardens that they there's an opportunity cost for them to go out and smash two regions away. That maybe they should, is the, it's maybe, an angle. Yeah, but also maybe there should be some sort of like you know um, you can you can there's no like negative debuff to owning hundreds of systems to an alliance. Well, what it should right. be is that those hundreds of systems now make it. You have so much more surface area to be attacked, but I yeah. think the the fact that most strategic objectives, if not all strategic objectives, are time zone locked yeah, makes yeah. that impractical. So there is no group that is Asia or Australian time zone that could seriously threaten fraternity. So they can essentially have infinite space because there's no yeah. iHub and no significant structure they really have to worry about and certainly not in a in a quantity that they would have to worry about but if you flip that to us or european time zone where there's a larger player base split into more groups then you know i mean in horde isn't a great example but <laughs> you could imagine that uh if horde didn't have frats backing if there wasn't that political alliance there 
that there might be a little more back and forth between Horde and other groups or uh, more a threat to their rental empires that they would have to go deal with and wouldn't be able to just roam over to catch yeah. for days on end. And also, like, they obviously live in Drainlands, which is like a little castle because you can't really attack it from any direction. But I, yeah, fundamentally agree with the time zone issue with Fraternity. It would take the whole game to gang up on them to beat them. And even then, I think it would be difficult. Yeah. Well, they did that with goons, didn't they? The whole game attacked goons in, in Fortress Delve, and they walked away with a defeat. Yeah. I mean, and I think that against Fraternity, it would be even harder. Yeah, way harder. That, you have to have the whole game people, yeah. alarm clocking in, for weeks in, in, in a, Every week, every day, in like an AUTZ time zone. Like, you could, yeah. you could definitely, like, re- reduce the footprint of Fraternity. They wouldn't be able to defend everything, for example. Um because some things will get through because you're going to get constant reinforcements in EU and USTZ, but they, they can form huge, huge numbers in CNTZ, like thousands of thousands of players, you know, which no one else can do. I think, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due, that he's built a huge empire in the North and it's safe now. You just write off, you know, everybody listening to this game, like if you're thinking about taking Noel Sick, just right off the north because you you're not going to be able to do anything you're not going to, be able to dent anything up there and the last chance of doing of doing something no, the last chance of anything happening in the north was b2 and any group that's living in pure blind and fade i wouldn't get too comfy uh, you know and the southeast as well i mean have we touched on the southeast about how that's finishing soon right yeah yeah last yeah that's that's going away all the alliances there that aren't in a coalition are either going to die or be forced to join one well, the alliance well, won't die, but they'll get evicted for sure. I think they're gonna. I, you know, there's there's some groups down there. Um, I, I do keep tabs on like the political stuff. You know, it's like G Club, obviously Try, lol, are still there, and 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 Siege Green, and there's some Zerg as well, like some Russian groups that are quite big. And it's you know, there's been some really good localized content in there because of the agreement. I do think that it's a, you know, I don't think there has to, the the problem is in itself for me is like. Why does it have to be the fact that we've got to the point in this game where the there has to be an agreement from blocks to not get involved somewhere is a fundamental problem in itself. Yeah, the it's a failure. Although they, they've swallowed so much of the game, you know, that this is why like I didn't sign that agreement because we were in B2 at the north, you know, we only, we only own two regions or three, three and a half, two and a half, sorry. Faden, Declan, and parts of Pure Blind, and the fact that like the rest of the game, the major players had to sign an agreement to say like, you know, we, they, they, there needs to be some fun in the game, so we're going to make sure that no one gets involved is a problem in itself. It just means that like they've all shown up, shown up too big, and this is everybody, not just Pan Fam and Fraternity. It's the same for Goonsworn Federation and Initiative. And I just, oh, to be honest, I just saw when BT failed. I just saw there's no way this is over. The polarization of the game is done, you know. That th- there will be no other B two. By the way, in my opinion, ever no B three. There'll no be B three, but like you know, it's just going to be, you know, fraternity, P horde, goonswarm, and then obviously the the fourth largest would be initiative, and no one else will come even close to getting to the size of those groups. B two was the closest thing that was going to get on par to, obviously not Panfam or like Imperium, but you know. A, a, another player in the game that could form like a decent amount of people and had the potential to be something something important in EVE Online, but you know, you'd have to get all the other players in Nullsec to unite 
that aren't in the major groups, which is never going to happen, you know, in the southeast. All the alliances in the southeast would have to unite together under one coalition to make a, a coalition that would even remotely contest anything, and even in their own too much space, so they wouldn't be able to defend it anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. So and there, a, there does need yeah. to be some solidification. I know the power fantasy is for small alliances to be able to go out there by themselves and mm. hold their little pocket of space, but you're not playing a single-player game. Nope. It's a multiplayer yep. co-op game. You have to take the game state as it is. And it's not to say you have to join one of these coalitions, but if you're not going to join one of these coalitions, you have to be realistic about what you can do there, how long you're going to be able to yep. do it. And exactly. I think there's a large resistance, and you even see it in, in low sec and faction warfare. Um, everybody wants to have their own their own group, and that's fine. I've, I've never begrudge anybody to do that. In fact, you know, I've gotten alliance offers for Noir and haven't wanted to accept them. But you can't do that and then also complain about being outnumbered. Diplomacy is a big part of the game. It's not a bug, it's a feature. If you're not willing to play that, and if you're not willing to band together with other groups to try to take on a common foe, if you're not willing to merge your alliance or merge your corporation, then you have to accept some trade-offs there. There's n- you're not entitled to a fair fight especially in NullSec, which is like the competitive player end state of the game where there's no, and that and, and arguably wormholes, where there's no mechanical safety net mm. to to prevent you like dockable NPC stations and, and close access to high-sec trade hubs and things like that. You know, this is the, the end game where, where the highest end players are bringing out the biggest toys and kind of the player politics rules the game, whatever that happens to mean in whatever situation we're in. You know, you can hate that, but if you want to make change and have your group have their spot, you've got to find your way in, especially if you can't personally wield a fleet of 100 Titans. You know, you've got to find your way to that point if that's what you need to be competitive in your area. And like you said, the Starfleet, the game's getting smaller. Your area encompasses a lot more groups now you have to be able to think about okay if a 250 man tempest fleet runs through yeah we're just fucked yeah, <laughs> yeah they're just you know they're just a couple of jumps away you know from, from right. turn for me like a, a whole a huge fleet is just a couple of light years away and it's a problem i think it's a huge issue in this game that like there's no breathing room for like there has been a localized conflict in the southeast. There's definitely been some cool fights going on down there, but only because the at the behest of the blocks, and that's where the wrong is. It shouldn't be because they're allowing it. It should just happen. That should should be happening everywhere. But obviously, we are in a game that is what you know, twelve, no more than how long? How old is this game now? 20? Twenty. Twenty one. Twenty one years old. This game. It'll be, it'll be next old. year. That was one of the things they touted the twenty one, the twenty first yeah. year anniversary coming up in twenty twenty four. So like, it is a long game, and we've got we've got organisations in this game that have existed for two decades. You know, in different forms. Right, Goonsworm has taken was Goonsworm Dot, and then it was well, Goonsworm Oh God, and then it was Goonsworm, then it was Solo, whatever the hell that was, and then Goonsworm Federation. Obviously, Pan Fam derived from uh, Bob, 
and then IT, then Kenzuko, and then Retirement Club, and then NC, you know, blah, blah, everyone knows the rest. So, like, those two pivots have been the pivots against each other, you know, the sort of the major powers. But we've got to the point now where it's like they scoop up a lot of the, a lot of the players. And yes, I did give Goonswarm like <laughs> 10,000. 15,000 players and I did contribute to the issue but to be honest at the end of the, that whole conflict I just thought there was no way it's over like you know this was the last group that could try and make it but then Zarzak now just makes it even smaller so but you know it just gives some roaming content for my guys so we just won't put a fort down until it's fixed <laughs> I feel like there's a, probably a follow up episode somewhere in this itself just to discuss the future of how of how we make unbreak the game in terms of its projection issues yeah and hopefully we'll have a little meat to that discussion as they release more details because i and this is just a high level roadmap summary of what's coming this year we're going to get the blogs we're going to get storyline releases and things like that over course the next couple months it sounds like we're going to see something very significant this summer if not Mm. quite a bit before that so it has summer expansion Q2 2024 and quite big and bold. But if it's anything like last year, we will likely see a few mini patches kind of building up to that. So we might get some actual releases and we're definitely going to get some dev blogs over the course of the next, I'm going to say two to four months that should give us a pretty clear direction about what we're going to see in the short term, which might inform what we then need to see also in the long term. But Definitely some kind of uh, some kind of ESS style way to uh, apply pressure to these larger empires on a day to day basis, and then to kind of shake things up tactically. I think you've got to look at time zone tanking somehow. It's just too safe. Um, but there, we're not. We're going to be looking at more than just PvP stuff for the next couple expansions. Um, We'll do follow-ups on these as we get even more information, but there's some very exciting things about just the EVE business-slash-service economy in general. We're going to get much more customizable skins using the Skinner feature, which is how we've been customizing the look of Citadels. That is going to be applied now to ships. You're going to be able to make custom skins. You're going to be able to sell custom skins to other players, which sounds very cool. And likewise, with the corporation projects, they plan on expanding them, not just the numbers and types that you can do, but potentially expanding them beyond your corporation, which will be great for alliances and possibly the MPSI community. I think uh, Signal Cartel, for example, could make their uh, operational model a lot smoother with a lot less manual overhead if they can pay out people in their group to do that probing automatically and not have to do all that stuff manually. That would be huge. I think as well, like, um, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this year's just touching the dev blog, my brief thoughts. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it. I really hope that they shake up Nullsec and make it, you know, keep fighting, you know, drive more content in Nullsec. And like you know, we touched earlier on uh, the, you know, hit and run stuff you know to to go in and, and take you know take takes off and get resources you know but until we hit that point there's always faction warfare 
if you're looking for that small gang capital content or medium-sized fleet fight content, that seems to be where it's happening. Um, we don't have a ton of time left in this episode, but I would be absolutely failing the audience if I didn't highlight some amazing fights that have been happening in the Galenti slash Kaldari war zone. There have been a number of capital brawls, essentially one every other day for the past week, week and a half, with no signs of stopping as far as I can tell. Uh, we've sort of gotten into the faction warfare endgame over there. The alliance that was holding down the northern part of the Galenti war zone, Sedition, which is also the largest and most active military alliance in the entire militia, said, ah, we're done, <laughs> and just kind of conceded their area. They moved their entire alliance, almost all of their assets, down south to Hadeles, which is where the southern Galenti militia has been based for a while. And as a result, plus a um, a pirate faction warfare incursion, the northern part of the war zone has essentially completely fallen to Kaldari. There were one or two holdouts. We went up north for a bit to try to extend that front line a little bit longer. We almost retook a system just by ourselves, but ultimately couldn't make the push without support. And it came back down as well. But the end state is that the war zone has effectively collapsed into three or four adjacent systems. And that is where all the faction warfare fighting is happening now. You've got the biggest alliances in both war zones clashing over these systems constantly. And they're dropping battleship fleets. They're dropping dreads. There's third parties coming in and out of this. Nothing overwhelming yet. Even Snuff has shown some restraint. They've uh, they've made appearances. They've dropped ships, but haven't deployed supers to any of these fights yet. And we're talking hundreds of billions dead on low sec gates in fights that are less than 200 people. And that's including all the third parties. So it's been a pretty interesting. <laughs> that's a lie. That doesn't happen. I know it shouldn't happen. <laughs> that's a lie. You're telling lies. Everybody's the listeners. Listen, he's telling lies. <laughs> Actually, no, genuinely though. Faction warfare is good fun. So oh, I, I, I might have, I might have lied a bit. It's not under two hundred. It's under no, three hundred, but still, it's definitely, it's a good. That's a good level. You know, one fifty versus one fifty, like a hundred v hundred is, is kind of the fights that everyone's wants wants. You know, you don't need to like go zero. You know, performance mode on. You know, on your graphics, you can have nice graphics. You can have a good time, and you don't have to worry about tie dye as much. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely would back that for people who are listening. Faction Warfare is definitely good. It's good fun. The other thing to consider is Sedition's position in Valeria, which was their northern kind of stronghold previously, is not is actually a bit further away and actually not as easy to supply. Moving down towards Hadley's, I think they're currently in Old Man Star. It's actually logistically, it's easier to service that area as well since it's next to Valor, which is high sec. Um, and as I said, it's concentrated basically Gow Mill's remaining kind of firepower um, into essentially two systems. And right now the front lines are Hadley's um, and Flea, which is just constant stuff bound there all around the clock. And Ornesekin, uh, Gow Mill recently recaptured it this morning, actually. So there's, and we've recaptured Hadley's. So there's momentum on the Galenti side. Uh, but they are fighting outnumbered about, at least in these big fights, it looks like Gal will field about 100. 
compared to Caldari is 150-ish, 150-160. So basically, come and join the Gaum Mill and you'll have an absolute abundance of targets. And Nora's is recruiting. <laughs> Just throwing that back out there. But uh, yeah, we, we've thrown some guys into these fights as well. I'm even tempted to start dropping some of our caps into them if I can actually make one of these pings someday. But it, it's been good fights. And speaking of good fights, I want to remind everyone that the Black Mark Awards voting is now on. We opened it up the previous episode. We've had over 70 votes, or excuse me, 70 voters. That's like each category getting a whole bunch of people. And the voting is still on. We're going to keep it on for another two weeks. So if you're listening to this show, give or take a day, (laughs) hop on. The link will be in the show notes. Get your vote in. FC of the year, doctrine of the year, best game update, the shuttle Thron award for biggest fail, best propaganda, dev of the year, community hero, the brisk Rubal best CSM award, declarations award, best guest, nor MVP and nor rookie of the year, all available to vote. Some of the categories are quite tight. Nor MVP, for example, I think it's off by one or two votes. Uh, Very, very tight. Some are just total blowouts. I don't want to give away which ones, but let's just say Exeter Navy issue is doing very well this year. Uh, Some are also quite tight. Uh, Best game update, I'd say, is there's a couple options there. There are four options to vote for. Two of them are duking it out for top spot. So your vote will definitely count. Click the link, vote for your favorite, and we'll announce the winners on the next episode. All right, guys, wrapping it up real quick with our host highlights. I just got to say my host highlight and a bit of a low light because I performed absolutely terribly, but <laughs> FCing an RRBS fleet again in combat for the first time in years, a decade. It's been a while. Uh, Non-Lashak remote rep battleships and even Lashaks, we didn't use them too often. But yeah, we, we took the Megathron fleet out. I put out a new doctrine of Megathrons and hospital dummies and a few other bits and bobs to support them. And it was a very interesting experience. We took on a Kaldari fleet outnumbered over three to one. And we held our ground for quite a while until they brought in several all Galenti specced jammer blackbirds and ran into a bit of a hiccup with that one. Uh, we've we've gone back to the shop and made some tweaks to the doctrine we think are going to do just fine as far as countering that and being a little bit more resilient. But yeah, I, I was I was a mess. I was calling good targets, but my reps were really late because I was tunnel visioning on FCing against this gigantic blob. And I think at one point I repped an enemy Punisher <laughs> instead of shooting it with my drones. It was a big shit show, but it was a ton of fun. The fleet wiped. And in true Nar fashion, we did a little quick diagnosis, flew back to Trata, bought all the ships again, came back out, and and just went right back out without missing a beat, but with better prep for the next time. So shout out to all the pilots that uh, that were part of that experience. Much appreciated, guys. My highlight or low light is simply just watching the US time zone gobble up all these massive engagements. I mean, while the show's been running, there has been a battlefield in Hadley's and I've been tempted to go along. But of course, I don't want to hear have you guys have the pleasure of my mechanical keyboard and mouse clicking all throughout the show. Um, for me, 
Uh, it would definitely be the Dread, Dread, Dread Brawls and Turner in the last couple of weeks. And seeing 185, good luck, have fun. And we found Volta on a bat report, which is awesome. So for me, um, I've been sampling some wormhole living for the last few weeks and living out of posses and getting to grips with those mechanics, right? Things that I've never really needed to know the in-depth of before, and now I do. Because now I kind of live in a wormhole with people that I play this game with, and we've been having a lot of fun with setting that up, but also Roman Nelsek from a wormhole. Um, I can't really recommend it enough for anyone who wants to carve out a little bit of space and do some, some interesting things. You know, I think we're talking about how Sov, Null is so sort of two-sided and quite difficult unless you want to go down the southeast, but that's time limited. And I've personally found that Wormhole Living is somewhere that you can kind of do a little bit of it without um, without all of the politics. So, well, we'll see how, how long it takes me to clash with the politics, right? But yeah, exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> You've got the organizations that run their C5 and C6 farms itself. Yeah. yeah. Time I mean, to eviction clock. Let's start it. <laughs> Remember, every week, just ship out stuff you don't need from the Citadel. Just just be there. So every day, you mean, right? Yes. <laughs> every <yeah>. day, extract. <laughs> Zero, are you still hermit crabbing, or have you found a hole to settle in on? We we found a place to live, and we have been living there for a little bit of time, and it's great. Awesome. Do you want to share what the sea level is in the statics, or do you want to keep that under your hat? No, no, I, I'm happy to share it. I mean, perhaps we'll get content quicker. Yeah, we're living in a C2 wormhole with the the traditional null sec static for the pvp groups and yeah that means that we have access to null sec we can just roll that and pop out the other end and we're in a new region every time we roll right hopefully uh allegedly you can make money out of the uh the high class wormhole static but that's not something that i'm interested in personally uh we just oh uh, c2 c5 yeah well they're all like that right they're either c5 or c6 um, yeah, that's I think not all the nulls design. have a five six. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. wish to be honest that you could get such a thing as you know a C two with an nulls static full stop, or you know that you didn't have to have that sort of temptation to crab in a C five or a C six, which is something that we've resisted up until now. Um, but you know, one day perhaps we'll just be drawn into the C five, and who knows what will happen there. They don't call it the C five highway for nothing, though. That's usually where the sharks are. It's also where our GTA connections are, so we do we do uh, dabble, you know. But uh, our main aim is PvP, so we we really are, you know, trying to uh, resist the the urge and the draw of the isk in the wormhole. Yeah, I was trying. I was so dismayed that there wasn't a C two null low sec. God, would have been perfect. That is what it is. I'm going to give some shout-outs to our Golden Elite supporters, Fade Atreides, Kestrel Swainson, Crav, Mark Havoc, Ting Tengu, Tweak, and our newest member, Braille Trays. Thank you so much, guys. I also want to give a shout-out to one of our most active and impactful Noir Academy graduates we've had in quite some time. He graduated in the December class, Imantis Triber. Thank you so much, dude. He's been like, not only has he been killing a ton, topping the Galente Militia kill board for a little bit, but he's also stepped up and he's really taken to FCing. Now, he's, he's quite a new bro in a lot of ways, but he's one of those new bros that's constantly asking questions and learning and taking initiative. 
And I think he's grown so fast in like the last 45 days or so that it's like night and day, this 45 days to his first 45 days that we've gotten to know him. And now he's like taking Kronos out and he's FCing militia fleets. It's crazy. I love it. I also want to give a shout out to Renius, who's an old school Mar member that I just saw this morning when I was doing an MPSI fleet. He's currently flying with Templar in initiative, and I just want to say good fights to him and his fleet. We had an awesome brawl flying armor curses on the MPSI side versus Jackdaws and miscellaneous support on the uh, on the Nullsecker side in it and a whole bunch of other guys, and it was an absolute blast. So thank you guys. It was great to see him. Um, I'll just echo that up. I'll, yeah, I'll just echo the chat just as some of the new bros in um, in Noir, especially Amantis, but also others. It's great to see the activity and yeah, looking forward just to flying with you guys more. Zero? So I've had a, a list of people that have helped me with my endeavors over the last two to three weeks with the wormhole. Um, so I'll just mention it now. We've got uh, Francie, we've got Void Delver, Bazingamogus. Gideon and Clarity have, have put in a ridiculous amount of effort. There are others as well, but I just wanted to give those people a special mention for everything that they've done for, for the group that we're in, but also for me to help me with uh, getting this stuff off the ground. It's been great. SFC, do you want to close us out with your shout-out? My shout-out is to all the Volta guys that are currently in the tunnels in Turner waging guerrilla warfare uh, across the game. You know, just keep it going. Uh, yeah, that's it. Tunnel error. The tunnel, yeah, I mean, you lose the fort, you go into the tunnels. You emerge and attack, and then you go back into the tunnels. That's what we do. It's like the Thera way. It's the Thera boy's way. Turner boy's way. Turner boy's way. Yeah, that, does that work? Maybe. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Head to declarationsaward.com to participate in the show poll. Vote in the Black Mark Awards. Leave a comment on the show. As I said at the top of the show, NOR recruitment is back on and going strong, both NOR, NOR Academy, and the network. Three ways to get involved in the content that you hear about on this show. Joining NOR directly if you have combat experience. If you're the director or a CEO of a corporation, come chat with me if you'd like to join the network or at least learn more about it. And if you don't have combat experience yet or you tried it and you want a lot more, Noir Academy is for you. We've now joined it into the Network Alliance directly, so you have easy access to experienced PvPers who know what they're doing and know how to teach it to you. And it's beyond uh, other new player orientation things. We're not here to just teach you the game. We're here to teach you the PvP side of the game to the level of where you can FC your own fleets. That's what we aim for now you don't have to need we want to be an fc to get that but if you do want to be an fc we are confident in being able to teach you how to do it so that's the level of access and the level of activity and the level of resources you'll have at your disposal all that to say come find your way onto our discord one way or the other whether that's our recruitment posts whether that's declarations of whether that is our in-game channel cafe noir corpse individuals, new players, we want to chat with you. If you have the right personality and an interest in EPVP, you've got a place here in Noir. And wherever you are and whoever you're flying with, good hunting listeners.